What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to another episode of the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. If it's your first time on the podcast, man, thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time listening, welcome back. And today, guys, we are continuing with my draft prospect rankings and the position group we are going to be talking about in detail today are the running backs, Uh, a group that, yes, I have given some slack to over my time so far with the Finn Sports Football Podcast. My overall belief on a running back is this. Running backs are very, very uh, important as far as it is important to identify getting the right running back versus the wrong running back. Uh, You know, there's a difference between Kalen Balazs and Derrick Henry. However, I do not believe that it is essential to have a star franchise running back in order to win chi- in order to win championships. The Patriots never had one franchise running back and no team in the last 10 years has had a franchise running back when they've won the Super Bowl. You'd have to go all the way back to maybe Marshawn Lynch when the Seahawks won, but the thing that is important that you have as a team is a running game. However, in order to have a good running game, you do not need a star running back. There are plenty of teams in the NFL that have good running backs. You look at Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. Neam Hines is the second string running back, yet he looks like, you know, he's just as good as Jonathan Taylor. You have players like Saquon Barkley who are franchise running backs. They don't have a good offensive line. They end up getting, you know, negative six yards against the Steelers and then they get injured because they're getting hit so much behind the line of scrimmage. So, yes, does having a, you know, top five O-line and a top five running back equal you're guaranteed to have the best running game in the league? Yeah, of course. Look at Zeke Elliott when he first came into the NFL. Of course. But... I'm not going to go as far as to say that running back is like quarterback or offensive line where if you don't have a top five running back, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. That's incorrect. So for me, that's always been my philosophy. Not that running backs aren't important. They are important, but they're not essential. It's not essential to have an amazing running back. It's essential to have a good running game, not a top five running back. So I want to state that going into this, the the prospect rankings, because my overall thought on a running back is my ideal landing spot for a running back is our first pick in the second round. Our first pick in the second round, or the guy I would think is the best running back in the draft, if we took him at 18, I wouldn't be very, very upset. I would say there were probably other moves you could have made, But if we took that running back with 18, you're not going to hear a peep out of me. So without further ado, guys, let's get into this podcast episode. The first guy that I have on here, so not really the first guy, but the guy I'm going to put at number five is Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell is a running back that comes from uh, the Memphis Tigers. Uh, He is 5'11", 194 pounds. And the thing that really I like about Kenneth Gainwell's game is he is a dual threat running back. He is a guy that 
can be a wide receiver and a running back at the same time, which is probably very, very appealing to the Dolphins. Um, 5'11", 194 for a running back is on the thin size, to be honest. When we talk about a guy coming up that is 5'8", uh, the next running back I talk about, he's 5'8", 199. So 5'11", 194 for a running back is kind of on the thinner side. However, um, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of film with him. He's a guy that I believe, while he's not a number one running back, he's someone who, if you gave him a good offensive line to run behind, I, I'm talking about if you put him in a system similar to like Aaron Jones in Green Bay, good offensive line, and you can use him in the passing game. I believe that Kenneth Gainwell uh, has a great uh, has great potential in the NFL. However, my main concern with him is, you know, I he, I look at him like an Antonio Gibson where, you know, you're a running back, but also you're kind of built like a wide receiver, like a shorter wide receiver, 5'11", 194. I do have questions as far as his durability um, in the NFL. However, the next guy that I talk about, Michael Carter from North Carolina, some of you are going to be like, well, Michael Carter, he's 5'8", 199. Why do you have him above Kenneth Gainwell? I just believe Michael Carter is, he is an upgraded version of a Miles Gaskin. He's fast. He's slippery. He may not be the strongest guy where he's going to bulldoze over you, but he is someone that is a weapon. You look at the most important thing, his last two years in college, he went from averaging 570 yards per season to averaging about 1,100 yards per season. 2019, he had 177 attempts for 1,000 yards. And in 2020, he averaged 156 attempts, uh, not average, he had 156 attempts for 1,245 yards. That's while playing with Javante Williams. So for me, Michael Carter, if the Dolphins like that type of back, the Miles Gaskin, the, the guy who is smaller, but is shifty, elusive, isn't the strongest guy, but someone that is going to be good in the passing game, someone who's good with the screens, like a Darren Sproles type of player. Michael Carter is someone that the Dolphins could eye potentially because they like that type of running back. And that's not really, shouldn't be too much a surprise. You look where Brian Flores comes from with New England. They like those type of running backs where they're not the big name, but they are slippery, elusive guys that, just kind of get on, on your nerves. The Burkeheads, the Sony Michels, the James Whites of the world. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a chance on Michael Carter in the third round. So for my fourth running back, I have Michael Carter. Next on the list, we get into top three. And similar to wide receiver, these running backs to me are in a class of their own. You have Kenneth Gainwell, Michael, Michael Carter, I believe are in their own class, which is probably, you know, running back two. I don't think either of them project as starting running back, but you have these next three guys, all of them running back one potential. And if they would have come out last year, all three of these guys would have been the best running back in the draft class last year. So first off, my third best running back in this year's draft class is the running back out of Clemson, Travis Etienne. Now, Travis Etienne actually just had his pro day. Uh, he weighed in at 215 pounds, uh, 5'10", so he definitely put on some muscle. 
and his 40-yard dash times were 4.41 and a 4.43. Some people, you know, may may have expected him to run uh, a a faster uh, 40-yard dash. You look at Jonathan Taylor running a 4.39. Some people were expecting Travis Etienne to run a little faster. However, he did put on significant weight. Uh, He got bigger, not like he got heavier, like, you know, out of shape. He just got bigger. So when you gain that that weight, you're going to lose some of your speed. And honestly, to be honest, I think the 40-yard dash is the most overrated, overhyped statistic in football. Um, There's very rare that you're going to need a player to run you know, for like you look at Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, I think ran like a four five and he was the best wide receiver of all time. So I'm not saying that a 40 yard dash isn't important. It's a good metric to see how fast someone can, you know, get off the ball. But I think the first 10 yard split is a lot more important than the 40. Uh, you know, the, the agility, the zero to 100 is the, what I care about, not how fast you can go 40 yards. Just my personal thought. But Travis Etienne is a guy for me where, again, all of these guys should be running back one wherever they go. However, the reason I have him behind the next two I'm going to talk about is just because when I look at Travis Etienne, um, and I'm going to probably maybe turn off a lot of people by saying this, I would much rather have a healthy Zeke or a healthy Derrick Henry over an Aaron Jones or a Alvin Kamara. And I know that may concern people and they're like, I don't get it. Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones are amazing players. Here's my thing. If I'm going to have a running back, I want them to be a guy that you fear going against because he is just going to pound you into submission every time he gets the ball. Yes, Aaron Jones is a weapon. I understand that. Yes, Alvin Kamara is a weapon. But the thing with them is they're they're more so just shifty guys, and I that and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Alvin Kamara is a top five running back in the NFL. All of them are. It's just a personal preference. It's vanilla versus chocolate. It's whatever you're feeling. For me, Travis Etienne isn't my ideal running back. I want a guy that is going to pound you into submission every time he gets the ball. I want a Derrick Henry. I want Ezekiel Elliott to wear good luck tackling him. Travis Etienne has phenomenal balance. That is for sure. Um, he catches the ball okay. Uh, at, at his pro day, he caught the ball probably a little better uh, than most anticipated. Uh, however, it's just he's not my ideal type of running back I would prefer. The next two, however, I absolutely love. Number two who was my number one for a long time, is Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Javante Williams uh, is, how do I describe it? I didn't know a lot about him, and I am absolutely obsessed with Javante Williams. Absolutely obsessed. The dude is 5'10", 220 pounds. If you've not watched tape on him, you have to. He is fast. He is physical. And if I can just close my eyes and imagine Javante Williams, number 34, with Williams returning to the 34 number, even though it's not Ricky, Javante Williams excites the crap out of me. Good blocker, good with the screen game, physical as hell, phenomenal at yards after first contact, the other yak, yards after contact. The dude is just a beast. And for me, 
If I'm getting a running back, I want you to fear tackling him by the fourth quarter. You don't fear tackling Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey in the fourth quarter. You don't fear tackling Aaron Jones in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, you fear tackling Ezekiel Elliott when healthy. You fear tackling Jonathan Taylor. You fear tackling Derrick Henry. That's what I want. The Marshawn Lynch type of back that's just going to destroy you. Because let's remember who Ricky Williams was. Ricky Williams was shifty as hell, but he was a guy that you did not want to tackle come fourth quarter. That is what Javante Williams is. He's that type of running back for me. However, in every category, he is not as good, aside from maybe yards after contact, he is not as good as my number one, which is Najee Harris out of Alabama. Not only do you have the factor of bringing a star running back that Tua worked with to Miami, you have the ability to add a phenomenal person, phenomenal athlete, um, and I would absolutely love to have that in Miami. Not to mention, you bring Najee Harris to Miami, he's probably... I mean, I don't even know. Two is not really one of those guys that's like flashy star. Najee Harris for me walks the perfect line of like he's a, a an amazing person, humble, works hard, but he's a character. And if he was on this team, he's like a Christian Wilkins. Dude just loves to have fun. He would probably be the star attraction for the Dolphins. Uh, there's really no hole in um, Najee Harris's game. Uh, you look at his size. I mean, the dude's absolute freak of nature. Najee Harris is 6'2", 230 pounds. Um, and, and when you factor in, Alabama running backs always succeed in the NFL. Like Alabama, up until when Tua got there, was a run-first league or run-first school. They ran the ball hard and everyone knew they had the best running backs. So for Najee Harris, while he was overshadowed by the Mac Jones, the Tuas, the wide receivers, Najee Harris is, in my opinion, the best running back to come out in the last, uh, I don't even know, long time. When you just talk about prototypical running back, size, speed, pass blocking, physicality, good in the pass game, able to run routes well, he is able to hurdle. He has all the moves, jukes, spin moves. Again, he's physical. He will run you over. He is the only player at the running back position where if the Dolphins took him in the first round, I'd be okay with it. Because I believe Najee Harris, he isn't one of those players that I'm like, if we don't get him, this draft sucks. Some people have said that. If we don't get Najee Harris, this draft is going to suck. No, not the case. But coming from someone who does not want to have a running back, uh, not doesn't want to have a running back. That's the wrong way to say it. Coming from someone who thinks running backs, great running backs are not essential. I, I'm one of those people, even thinking that I'm okay with taking Najee Harris in the first round. Because on top of it, if you're going to take a running back in the first round, you get them for five years. You get that fifth year option to where if you don't want to pay running back, you get them for five years and then you could tag them for one year and then let them, let them, let them go. I don't think you do that with Najee. I think he would have an immediate impact on your team and you wouldn't want to get rid of him. I'm just saying in case you wanted to do that.
But Najee Harris, to me, guys, um, here if I could grade them, because I did this with the wide receivers too, if I could grade them, the first two guys I mentioned are probably round three guys. Uh, if they get taken in the second round, I think it's kind of a reach. I would rate them in the low 80s. Um, Travis Etienne, I'd probably put it like a high 80, maybe a 90. Javante Williams is a 93 to me. Najee Harris at running back is a 97, 98. I mean, there's a, there's a jump from Javante Williams to him. And for a long time, I had Javante Williams above Najee Harris. But again, similar to with wide receivers, I thought that because of the film I was watching. But when I actually sat down, looked at it, Najee Harris to me is the most complete back that not only has come out of the draft this year, but probably the most complete back that's come out in the last three years. I would say the last back that came out that was as good as him was 2018 when Saquon Barkley came out. That was probably the last year where I was like, damn, that is a complete back that you can have in your backfield and he can stay on the field all three downs. There was Saquon 2018 and then now Najee Harris three years later in 2021. So if the Dolphins, and and again, I'm someone who is not so high on running backs as everyone else, If the Dolphins took Najee Harris with the 18th pick, I'd be completely fine with it. If he's even available, I've, I don't know what's true and what's not, but I've heard many rumors that like Najee Harris could go before the top 15. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it is, but if Najee Harris is there at 18, like I think he will be, man, I would not mind picking him at all. I would not mind that at all. So there you have it guys. Those are my top five running backs again from five to one. Kenneth Gainwell, Michael Carter, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Najee Harris. These videos are a lot shorter. I understand that. Normally my podcasts are about 30 to 40 minutes. I've been trying to make these ones a lot um, easier to digest, quicker, quicker videos, uh, quicker podcasts that you can just listen to real quick um, because there's going to be a lot of them that come out. So hope you guys are enjoying them. Next, we're going to talk about offensive line, interior and offensive tackles. I'm super excited about that. So be sure to look out for it. But guys, hope you have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. Fins up.